Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world. And it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hey love, it's Laura Ann, a healing mentor and host of the Sensitive Collective podcast, hopping on here to invite you to book a free discovery call with me. Um, if you're really tired of your, your spiritual gifts and your sensitivity and your big heart feeling like a burden, feeling like a curse, if you're ready to really claim your spiritual gifts and your sensitivity as the superpower that they can be and, and flip that narrative on its head and um, more intentionally step into this next level of yourself and this next chapter of your life where you are really thriving inside of your life and your relationships, then I'm your girl. That is what I do. It is my honor and my privilege to hold space and guide folks through this transformative journey of healing mentorship, doing work with inner critic, with inner healer, with inner child, doing a lot of work with radical self-love and so many other amazing things that will, will really transform your lived reality within yourself and the world around you. And if that sounds like something you're ready for, you're looking for, if you're called to uh, get curious, if you're curious and you're feeling called to um, work with me, please book a discovery call. Even if we don't end up working together, this call will help give you more clarity around what your needs are and what the right next aligned steps are for you on your own healing and empowerment journey as a sensitive this lifetime. So without further ado, here's our episode, um, part two of the Boundaries series. I hope you enjoy and I'm sending you so much love and virtual hugs. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the Sensitive Collective podcast. My name is Laura Ann. I am your host and healing mentor. And today we are diving back into boundaries. Last week's episode uh, took a deep dive and examining why boundaries are such a struggle for sensitives. And this week's episode, we're looking at the what of boundaries, you know, sort of defining what boundaries are, the different kinds of boundaries, um, as well as the different boundary styles. And just to normalize again for you, um, looking back at last week's episode and the intention set there, that to be a sensitive, you know, to be an empath, to be a highly sensitive person in this world 
means that chances are you struggle with boundaries and to normalize that, to let you know that it's okay and that it's not necessarily going to be um, as big of a struggle as it has been or as it is now currently for all time. You know, there are things that we can do to work with, um, with our boundaries. But that's next week's episode. Next week, we're going to talk more about how to set boundaries and, and what that journey can look like for you. Again, this week, we're really focusing on, you know, well, what are boundaries? And I like to think of boundaries as fences. It's a pretty um, accepted and uh, common analogy for them. It's it's helpful to think of that analogy and, and thinking of, you know, um, your internal landscape it's like your your personal context and your environment, and you know at its most basic, um, boundaries are the the limits or the rules that you put into place and that you enforce um, that show others how and you know define who you are and how you want to be treated. Um, when I'm thinking about the analogy of fences, they're you know, the boundary that's that fence that is saying where where I end and where you begin. You know, where where is the property line? What is what is my property where I'm held responsible and accountable compared to my neighbors that they're responsible and accountable for? And boundaries are how um, how that can be communicated. Um, although it's not always verbally communicated, which we'll get to here in a minute, but that at its sort of its most basic, um, you know, boundaries help you define yourself and and what what it is you are comfortable with in terms of how you're treated, um, and uh, you know how you want to show up for yourself and and for other people as well. So different kinds of boundaries. Um, again, thinking about them as fences, there are different reasons for fences. And uh, depending on why you need the boundary, it's going to determine the kind of boundary that you want to create. Um, there are three basic boundary kinds, uh, three different kinds of boundaries, types of boundaries. Um, and I guess there are four, and the fourth is maybe some combination of, of the basic three. So um, the three are energetic, uh, verbal, and physical. And so with energetic boundaries, this is more um, around what I've spoken here before about if, for example, you're going to the grocery store and that's a lot, right? <laughs> as sensitives, that can be really overwhelming. So um, setting an energetic boundary and like shielding myself with source energy before I go into the grocery store, that's a, a, a type of boundary that, that probably nobody else is going to necessarily pick up on. Um, it's nothing that needs to be communicated. Um, maybe another sensitive who's, who's highly attuned is going to pick up on some kind of energetic shielding, but, um, you know, not necessarily, and it's not, created for anyone to pick up on. It's really just a boundary for myself. Um, whereas with a verbal boundary, which is um, the, the most talked about and kind of the most known type of boundary, 
a Virgo boundary, I'm, I'm actually communicating to somebody else I'm in relationship with, whether a working relationship, friendship, romantic, what have you. Um, I'm setting a limit. I'm setting a boundary. And I'm saying, you know, this this is a need that I have or I'm not available for this behavior or, you know, whatever that boundary is. And then a physical boundary is just what it sounds like. That is where um, there is an actual physical space that is created as the boundary. And again, this one doesn't necessarily need to be verbally communicated. Um, it can be. Uh, in which case it would be type number four, where it's some combination of the basic three, right? But um, an example of a just a physical boundary could be if there's something that I'm not comfortable with, but for whatever reason, I don't feel safe um, or I don't feel grounded or capable of setting a verbal boundary. Um, if, if a verbal boundary needs to be set and I just am not in a place to be able to do that, I can create a physical boundary. I can get up and go to the bathroom. Just say, excuse me, I'm gonna go to the restroom, right? No verbal communication that I'm going to the restroom because mama needs a minute, right? It's like, that's okay. Um, and that's that's a, a prime example of a physical boundary. Um, you know, a, a combination, you could, maybe it's a argument um, with a partner and you know, something has been said that has crossed a boundary that uh, has crossed a line. Maybe it's a boundary that's been communicated before. Maybe it's not. Um, and uh, I need a, I need some physical space before I can verbally, you know, communicate. So maybe about the boundary being crossed. So maybe I just say, um, I really need a minute. I I just need some space. I'm I'm gonna go for a quick walk and I'm gonna come back. Can we please pick it up then? And that's a that's a, a physical boundary that I'm verbally setting with someone. Um, and then in this example, I'm actually gonna come back and set a verbal boundary from from whatever it was where it felt like a, a line was crossed in that in that argument or that engagement that, that I was having with my partner. Um, one time I can think of in my own life where I actually used all of them. It was probably one of the most intense um, boundaries in that it was like, it was actually, um, the boundary was we're not in relationship anymore. And I was still super active in my addiction at the time. And I was still a really um, chronic people pleaser. I was just starting my healing journey. And so this I'm so proud of this younger version of myself. I, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And I know it must have felt so severe for the other person. And my heart goes out to them like so, so much. So much love for this person. We were really close friends. Um, but they were also really active in their addictions. And we kind of enabled one another's addictions. And where I was in a place of really, really being serious about stepping into sobriety, um, they weren't. And I just knew, I just knew it wasn't healthy for me. And I knew that it was going to be a threat to my decision to, um, be sober and for that choice that I was making for myself and for my health and for my future. And, uh, and so I came to the conclusion and the decision that 
I needed to um, just close the friendship and step away from this person and not have them in my life in any kind of way at all anymore. Um, and so I was definitely, I did a lot of energetic <laughs> shielding before I talked to them. And then after that, you know, I still, uh, well, occasionally there's some cord cutting that will happen. Um, verbally, I did communicate that the boundary was that, you know, the relationship was coming to a close for us. Um, and there was some explanation involved, um, but it wasn't overly explained. And uh, then, of course, there was a physical boundary, um, in part because the final conversation did happen over the phone, and I felt that was an important physical boundary um, because sensitives, I know you feel me here, um, you know, in person with someone, sometimes it's too much in setting a boundary because you just love them so much and you feel their energy so much more in person, um, and it can feel really challenging to put your needs first, and I knew that I had to do that, so... Having the conversation on the phone was in part a physical boundary, but then also just, you know, the the setting of the boundary of the closing of our friendship meant that we weren't going to be physically together anymore. So I was physically setting that boundary as well of like, we're not going to be in each other's space. Um, and yeah, that, that was super intense. <laughs> and I know it felt intense for the other, I'm sure it felt intense for the other person as well. Um, but it's one example of how, you know, boundaries, they can, it's, it's a, it's a dynamic thing, right? It's very contextual. Um, there's different types. They can, you can have a kind of a combo menu here. Um, and you know, it's, uh, next week I'm going to talk about how we're setting boundaries and, and look at distinguishing, you know, which boundary type is going to best serve you based on what it is your needs are. <clears throat> and um, my fall allergies are just a little bit something happening right now. So I apologize if I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat and I'm a little more hoarse than usual. Um, not quite so dulcet tones this week, but I'm showing up for you anyway. And I hope it's not too much. Um, so boundary styles are a whole other thing uh really i think of boundary styles almost like boundary personality types um in the way in which we're showing up with boundaries in our relationships and kind of the the ultimate dream for boundaries of course is to have healthy boundaries and what does it look like to have healthy boundaries when we have healthy boundaries uh you, you value your own opinions you don't compromise your values for other people. And um, on the flip side of that, you don't expect other people to compromise their values for you, right? You can accept no and, and respect everyone's autonomy. Um, there's not a unbalanced sharing of information. Like you share information in a really balanced way, not undersharing, not oversharing, um, no emotional dumping on people. Um, and when you're showing up with healthy boundaries in a relationship, you have an awareness, you not only have an awareness of, of what it is you need and what it is you want, but you're capable of communicating that to the other person. Um, healthy boundaries, really, that's where I'm at 
in most of my relationships, I would say these days, and, and to a degree that I wouldn't have imagined possible in years past. Um, my predominant boundary style these days is to have healthy boundaries. Um, it feels really, really good. And I put a lot of work in to get here. Um, and you can get there too if you're not in a place where you have healthy boundaries in your relationships. Just know that that's possible for you as a sensitive. And, um, you know, it's, I think one of the places where it really shows up the most for me in terms of like, wow, look at that. <laughs> it's a really, I'm really healthy in my boundaries, um, is with my parents. I think I got a question on the podcast, um, that I was guesting on recently and I, I kind of got off on a tangent. It was about, um, boundaries and family dynamics and, and I got excited talking about boundaries and I, I forgot to mention this and, and I've been wanting to, to share it somewhere. So I'll share it here with you. Um, boundaries are the most challenging in family dynamics because that's where we got wounded first. Right? That's where in the last episode I talk a lot about the programming that has led to us being challenged with boundaries as sensitives and a lot of that programming we received from our primary caregivers and inside of you know whatever fa- that family unit looked like for you um, as a kid. And so often what will happen on our healing and empowerment journey as sensitives is um, you know the work relationships, maybe showing up with healthier boundaries there, maybe starting to show up with healthier boundaries in, in friendship. Um, and maybe even romantic relationships, and they can be hella triggering and, and really challenging for boundaries as well. But let's say all areas of life in your relationships, boundaries are are really becoming more healthy for you. Um, but as soon as you step into uh, your parents' house or you know your primary caregiver's home and start interacting with them, uh, you kind of backslide into not so healthy boundary style with them. Um, and, and so for me, it's like, it's, it's another, it's something to really celebrate when you start to see yourself having healthier boundary styles inside of your family dynamics, because our families see us in a certain way. We're used to showing up in a certain way with them. That's where we got some of our primary wounding and experienced a lot of our, our childhood trauma. Um, and our childhood programming. And so if you're starting to see yourself have more healthy boundaries with your family, like pat yourself on the back, my friend, that is some serious work and and you're doing really great. Um, And so I'm saying that also impartially, I'm saying that also in part to myself because (laughs) I see that. Um, Again, you know, no such thing as perfection and it's it's progress, not perfection. I, I still get triggered. Um, especially by my dad, because he knows everything and he's never wrong. Um, but I think by and large, when I look at the relationship that I have with my parents now, I can really see those healthy boundaries and, um, you know, uh, being able to say no, not having to seek their approval so much, like really feeling more confident in myself and my own opinions and, um, and really valuing and loving myself, even if it feels like it's completely different than what they believe or, you know, what they think is the right thing to do. 
um, and not people pleasing with them and being, you know, really clear in my communication about what I need. Um, you know, all of those things I can see happen more and more and more and, and are sort of becoming the norm in uh, the norm in my relationship with my parents. So that's one area of my life that I can really see healthy boundaries um, blossoming. I will say uh, this next boundary style is is where I was real comfortable for a long time, or I should say I got used to being super uncomfortable for a really long time. Um, porous boundaries, and, and that's the second boundary style. Um, and porous boundaries, uh, it's what it sounds like. It's when you don't have boundaries or you have um, very malleable boundaries. Uh, when we're in that porous boundary style, we tend to overshare personal information, have difficulty saying no to the requests of others and feel really guilty about it. That's where we see that kind of chronic people pleaser behavior happening. Um, and, and there's a tendency with porous boundaries too, to be over involved in other people's problems and, and get kind of sucked into other people's drama um, we're super dependent on the opinions of others to validate ourselves and and really tolerate and accept a lot of disrespect and abuse inside of our relationships. And there's this just general fear, just constant gnawing fear of rejection, um, especially if we're not complying to, to the will and the desires of others. Um, and again, this is, this is how I showed up for the majority of my life in my relationships. And no wonder I got, I got sick, right? It's like when we, if you're struggling with porous boundaries, it is exhausting and you, you never have enough time for yourself. You're never putting yourself first. You're constantly anxious and worried about how did this person take this? How did they take that? Um, oh my gosh, when they said that, were they talking about me? You know, emotionally dumping on people, being just, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. Getting sucked in other people's drama all the time. Um, and so the, the energy depletion is, is so real. Um, because it's, it's sort of like, you know, we talk about in order to help others and in order to serve others, you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, when you have porous boundaries, your cup is is a sieve. Your cup is full of holes. And so you're always leaking your energy all over the damn place. <laughs> it's like you're never going to pour from a full cup when you have porous boundaries. Um, and again, zero judgment, my love. I'm not judging you for that. Um, I have been in that, in that sieve of a cup for a really long time in my past. And I know what it feels like. Um, and if that's where you are, it's okay. It's also not forever. Um, you can absolutely start to patch those holes. And we're going to talk about how to do that next week. Um, but I, you know, pretty much all of my romantic relationships, <laughs> I, I showed up with, with super porous boundaries. And when we have those porous boundaries, um, we're also... We're kind of advertising. It's almost like um, when you have porous boundaries, you're like a walking sandwich board for narcissists and manipulators because they're on the lookout 
They are on the prowl for people who have porous boundaries to take advantage of. So um, if you are kind of trying to figure out what your boundary style is, and a lot of the things I've talked about with the porous boundary style are here, like check, 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 check. Um, but you maybe still have a question, like just look back and, you know, on your relationships and see um, your romantic relationships. Do I have a tendency to be gaslit? Do I have a tendency to be in relationship with narcissists? Are my relationship dynamics pretty toxic? Do I have a tendency to be in codependent relationships? Um, those are some signs that your challenge with boundaries is probably the poorest boundary style. The third boundary style is to have rigid boundaries. And and truthfully, I have to say one uh, one ex-boyfriend in particular really comes to mind when I think about um, rigid boundaries. And uh, with rigid boundaries, it's like that kind of lone wolf energy. Um, when we have rigid boundaries, uh, we really avoid intimacy. And there's, there's that avoidance of intimacy, avoidance of close relationships, that lone wolf energy. You'll tend to have um, not very many close relationships and are, are way less likely to ask for help when you need it and are super protective, overprotective of personal information, like super guarded, um, and are probably even detached uh, in, in romantic relationship with, with romantic partners, not just, you know, your, your cubicle mate, like that may, might make a little more sense to be detached from them. But, you know, in some of the closest relationships of your life, there's still that sense of detachment. And it may be something that your partners actually, um, you know, want to talk to you about as, as an issue for them in, you know, in having that, that sense of detachment and that lack of intimacy in, in your relationship, it probably comes up a lot as a problem area in your relationships. Um, and you know, just that, yeah, that general keeping others at a distance and, and avoiding the possibility of rejection. Now I cite in an example of an ex, um, when I think about rigid boundaries, I will say for myself, um, I, I am predominantly now in healthy boundaries. I can see in my romantic relationships, which are at this point non-existent. Uh, I have super rigid boundaries. Like my boundaries for that, they're so, they're so rigid that I'm not even dating. It's about as rigid of a boundary as you can get. Um, <clears throat> but also I'm not really putting myself out there for friendship either. And, and some of that has been again, it's layered, it's, it's contextual. Like I've really struggled with my health this year. Um, and have been focusing just on getting my basic needs met to just heal through some really challenging stuff this summer. But, um, if I'm really honest and I hope that I can be here in this space with you and just super vulnerable, um, if I look back at my, my last really serious romantic relationship, about a year and a half ago, it ended and I was devastated. It really pulled the rug out from under me. Um, <clears throat> even though I was having nightmares about it and intuitively I kind of knew things were, were not what they seemed inside of the relationship, I intellectually had really believed that this was sort of 
at, at least for the next long while going to be kind of the relationship and maybe they were quote unquote the one although I don't know that I really believe in the one I do believe in in long-term commitment and monogamy and I thought that's where we were at and it very quickly and suddenly and abruptly shifted and and my heart was broken just I was I was really really heartbroken and for the first time in my life um you know I really had my poop in a group um and as one of my favorite podcasters um and uh and guides and, and teachers Mark Groves likes to say uh I really had my poop in a group I um was sober I was in probably the best place I'd been in ever and so for the first time ever um I really felt all of it. I don't think, you know, even when I was chronically ill and I was sober and and I had a a breakup that happened with someone I was living with, um, I wasn't, you know, there was still, there was still a lot of layers there that, that were sort of blocking me from, from fully feeling it. And it wasn't a surprise and it was something that needed to happen. And it was a really toxic relationship and it just hit different. Whereas this one, um, it, I felt like all of the armor that I'd been wearing, um, you know, as I healed and, and sort of came in super, it was super vulnerability, um, and authenticity and just showing up as myself in this relationship, um, that it, it made the knife slide in so much easier, you know, <laughs> and the, and the wound felt really deep and, and the cut was super, super deep and I can say that the pendulum swing from that experience um I've had more rigid boundaries and uh you know can can honestly say that's something that I need to do some work around and I want to normalize that again for you it's not something where I'm gonna say okay do this work and you're going to have only healthy boundaries exclusively for all time for the rest of your life. Like we're humans. We don't live in a vacuum. Shit happens. We're in relationships. Relationships are messy. Relationships are where like some of the most transformative work can happen. We're working through our karma. We get hella triggered, right? There's all this stuff that's going to come up and we are these dynamic multidimensional beings and so, you know, the boundary style is is going to shift and change for you depending on the season of your life that you find yourself in and the context of the relationship that you find yourself in. And the the name of the game here is awareness. It's about, you know, just creating those self-reflection practices to, you know, see and communicate with myself, like, how am I showing up, you know? oh, dang, like my boundary style is more rigid right now. Maybe maybe I could show up to do a little bit of work around that, right? And then creating some space to do that, which we'll get into a little bit more next week. Um, but again, like, you know, just be easy on yourself. Go easy on yourself. Like it's progress, not perfection. It's pace, not race. Healing isn't linear. You're here listening and learning about boundaries and that's huge. Um, so that's, that's really the first step. One other note on boundary styles. Um, we have societal gendered expectations around 
boundary style and um, and just just to know that that's a thing. So it doesn't actually have any bearing. I'm not saying if you're a woman, you have porous boundary styles. And if you're a man, you have uh, rigid boundary styles. Absolutely not. And society and our culture have very um, dualistic ideas about gender. Um, and they have, and, and society and cult, cult, societal and cultural programming has a certain expectation of what is acceptable and what is kind of the norm, what is to be expected for um, people that are labeled as men and people that are labeled as women uh, around boundary styles. So women, it's expected and accepted to have porous boundary styles. Men, it's expected and accepted to have rigid boundary styles. And this is an area I think for for folks who um, identify as male, uh, can really uh, who are sensitives, really run into difficulty around um, uh, just in terms of like self perception, self identity. Um, you know, if you do have more porous boundary styles, I think uh, as a sensitive who identifies as a male, you may have even been like shamed for those porous boundary styles because um, you know it's. It's more manly to have rigid boundary styles, right? To, you know, be a man, have those walls, like be the lone wolf. Um, and then on the flip side of that, sensitive men will all, can also have rigid boundary styles, right? It's like there's, there's no actual rule around how you identify with your gender and the kind of boundary style that you're going to show up in in relationship but there's still societal, cultural kind of expectations that are gendered around boundary styles. Um, and, and, and so, you know, a woman showing up in a relationship might expect the man to have more rigid boundary styles, even if it's a sensitive man and they have more porous boundary styles and that can, you know, lead to a whole host of miscommunications and um, strife and, and drama inside of the relationship. So just be aware as you're learning to tune in to, you know, well, what are my boundary styles? Um, that there are some outside influences and perceptions around, you know, based on who people believe you to be, you know, what is kind of um, expected in terms of boundary style as well. And you can see that in family dynamics too. Um, kind of the normalizing of porous boundaries, especially for women. Um, it's one of the ways in which, um, you know, that, the, the patriarchy continues to take advantage of women, to be honest. Um, that's definitely something that happens um, in family dynamics as well. So I think that was most of what I wanted to share. Um, I hope that this has been supportive for you um, and kind of normalizing whatever your experience has been with boundaries. And as you do the work, remember, you know, healing's not linear. It is cliche for a reason. It's the journey, not the destination. Um, and next week we're gonna we're gonna dive into you know how we can actually set boundaries and how working with boundaries um, is supportive for us as sensitives in our own empowerment and healing journey. Um, that's all for this week. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me here in this space for. Um, trusting me as you know one of the one of the guides on the path who's maybe just a few steps ahead 
Um, it is my honor, my privilege to, to hold some space for you and um, just to show up in service with you here. So I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week. And in closing, as always, I'd love to remind you that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.